Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with T. Frank Carr. It's quarter number three. You know what that means. It's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we have T. Frank answer your Penn State football and recruiting questions. You want to submit a question real easy, just download our app, Keystone Sports. You'll see the Ask T. Frank button. End of the segment, we will pick a winner for the best question, and the winner will receive a great book. It's called Why Penn State by Greg Woodman. It's available at whypennstate.com. It's also available at Amazon. It really talks about when Penn State became Penn State. And uh, Greg, he picked out the decade of the 80s to show how Penn State became who they are. I'll tell you what, it's a great book. I enjoyed it. Read it in one sitting. All right, are you ready to answer questions, T. Frank? Yes. And I already Let's- I just answered one, so I clearly I've proven that I'm ready. And you're one for one. Very good. Let's go with Matt from State College. Matt says, T. Frank, what's your stance on the Big Ten's divisions? They're obviously what most would call, and he has this in quotes, fair, but wondering how you would fix them. What moves would you make, or are you thinking the Big Ten goes the way of the ACC and gets rid of divisions entirely in the future? Thank you, and I love the show. Well, thanks, Matt, from State College. Appreciate that. So if you if you look at some of the proposals that have floated around, uh, and I discussed this on my show last week or the week before, I don't remember, but it was basically the ACC said they might go to three protected games, three uh, non-conference games, and then five that rotate. And Penn State would play Ohio State and Michigan in those three games even if it's not a rivalry, like if we if we don't want to call that a rivalry, they do bananas TV numbers, especially if you put those games at night or, you know, the big noon kick. So like the Big Ten Network, Fox, ESPN, they're going to preserve those rivalries if, if the universities want to or not. So I don't know that even if you were to eliminate divisions, you wouldn't eliminate playing the best teams in the country and playing a perennial college football playoff power. You're playing Ohio State every year if you're Penn State. There's no way around that. So I would just eliminate then you could even keep the divisions the way they are. Uh, but you eliminate the um, uh, East West moniker in terms of who gets to the college football or who gets to the Big Ten championship game, because we've seen that the, the West is just not the same. So if you want to make them divisions and put somebody across the division, uh, whether it's Michigan, whether it's Penn State, you know, whatever it is. All you're doing is rearranging the deck chairs. Um, And until some other team proves that they are a part of the top four, uh, and really, it's just Ohio State. It's who can challenge Ohio State. So who's done that the best, and who's the best opportunity to do that? If you look at, you know, the the score of games, it's like Purdue, uh, uh, Penn State, and, and Michigan are the only teams that really ever challenge Ohio State. So just give those teams, maybe not Purdue every year, those teams the opportunity to play in the Big Ten Championship game, which will offer you the immediate opportunity to get some of those teams into the conversation for the college football playoff. 
Uh, but I don't see anything major changing when it comes to, uh, you know, Penn State's schedule. Like, it will look relatively the same. The question to me is, does it change for the West? I'm not as confident as you are about those locked-in games if they did go that 3-5-5 like the ACC, which means you have three rivalry games that you always play, and then the other ten teams, you alternate 5-5 five and five to play them. And I'll tell you why I think this. Look at Michigan, and their most logical – they have to have Michigan, Ohio State every year. Have to. We know yep. that. That's gospel. Yep. You would have to have Michigan, Michigan State. That's what I'm saying. Like the divisions make and sense if, from a if, regional if, decision, right? But if you add Penn State to Michigan's rivalries, you now have them playing Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State. You essentially do almost the same thing with Ohio State, and I think those schools would say, hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're giving us the three tough, this imbalance in the schedule. You haven't changed anything if we have to play the best teams every year. What I could see happening is you preserve Michigan and Ohio State, but give Michigan and Ohio State Penn State every other year. So so here's, means- here's the part that I, I agree with you, but you're assuming that those teams, universities have any power over this they're being given a billion dollars on the next deal reportedly uh by the tv uh partners those people are making the decisions those people are the ones that are going to decide what game goes where uh and they're going to have a heavy influence on the schedule because that's where the money's coming from well i'm going to go back to something i say often here t frank sometimes facetiously sometimes very seriously. Michigan and Ohio State run the damn conference. They do whatever they want. They've made a statement. We will only play at noon. We will only play on the last game of the year. Well, that's what they do, whether it's good for television or not. Because no, the night game might that's a get Fox a better decision. Rating. The Fox, the, no, no, no. no, no. no. The, now it is. Now it is Fox has their big noon game. But for years and years, when it was ABC and ESPN who might want it at night, didn't matter because, well, we're Michigan and Ohio State. We do what we want in this conference. So, you know, there's no way for us to know for sure, but it's my opinion that Michigan and Ohio State run the roost. They get what they want. And if Michigan and Ohio State say, no, 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 sorry, we're not going to have – you can't make us play Penn State – Michigan and Michigan State every single year, I think they'll get their way if that's what they want. So we, we will find out, T. Frank. I think come 23, uh, we'll, we'll see some changes. Uh, let's see, where do we go from here? Let's go to Larry in Bradford who says, James Franklin seems very particular about the players he brings in through the transfer portal. Do you think in the future roster construction will require more use of the portal where Franklin will be forced to be more open to who he's bringing in as portal players? Uh, So if you do a good job on the front end, and I think we saw this year Penn State didn't have anybody that really transferred. If you do a better job on the front end, you can mitigate some of your losses on, on the back end. And we, there are no guarantees of anything with NIL and the transfer portal. So let's just start there. Um, but I don't think it necessarily changes. And the other part that we, we have to point out is, do you want to bring in just anybody? 
if you're doing a good job recruiting, you've got to bring in guys that can start for your team. And Penn State, I, I know it's hard to, to see this, but like they've got some pretty good players on their roster. Now, could they go out there and get guys that are better? Yeah, but those guys are transferring to other schools that are college football playoff destinations, you know? So there's a there's a limited window of players that are better than Penn State's current players or have long-term value and also will go to Penn State. So I, I think they've done very, very well so far in the portal, and if they can keep this formula up, they will be successful. I think you make a great point about uh, the quality of player or type of player that James Franklin brings in right from the start from high school, and... I'm sure some people will throw Will Levis back at me, but they've been pretty good about preserving their best players and keeping them in the fold. Let's go to uh, Bill in Reading who says, T. Frank, I'm really excited about the offensive line recruits in the class of 23. Should I be this high on them and give me your impressions of Phil Troutwine? Uh, yes, you should be. You should be excited about this group of players because they're talented, uh, and I think they're even underrated. The, so so Josh Miller is a little bit underrated by most recruiting services, but watching his film, I, I think he's a difference maker as a run blocker, and I think he can get to being a good pass protector because he's a smart, determined player with a lot of physical talent. He's 330 pounds walking around. So that on top of Javen Williams and uh, Alex Birchmeyer, who are five-star players. Yeah, I mean, Alex uh, or uh, Javen Williams just set, I think, two PII, rec PIAA records in, in track this year with a shot put and something else. And I, I, I unfortunately, uh, on I vacation, discus? I did. Okay, discus, I was, I was not keeping up with anything over the last five days. So I, I didn't know exactly what it was, but I know he set records and, and won championships there. And Alex Birchmeyer is a state champion wrestler. So those are multi-sport phenomenal athletes. Will they play early? And that's something I'm digging into of like how many offensive linemen play early? What's the profile of those players? So that's going to be the biggest thing is can you get some of these guys up to speed because you, you just need to get guys in the system as soon as possible now. An offensive line that's tough. But it's good to see they are getting that high caliber recruit in, and they're getting both quality and quantity. They've yep. already got, what, four of them in the fold, and it doesn't feel like they're done. They're, they're still looking for more. Let's go to Brad in Percocy. Brad says, T. Frank, please prove me wrong. I feel like Penn State has done a great job recruiting overall, but under Franklin, we're always deficient in one area. For example, the offensive line the past couple years. I feel like next up is defensive end or linebacker. Tell me why that statement is wrong, please. Uh, I want to circle back quickly to Bill in Reading. That I, I think he asked, what do you think about Phil Troutwine? Very smart player. Everything I hear from the players is that he's a great communicator and he's communicating the details. I think as you know this goes on, he's going to get more and more traction there because it takes a long time to get into a problem with your offensive line. It takes long to get out. As far as defensive end and linebacker, Penn State's bringing in some really good linebackers in the class of 2022. They're bringing in two five-star defensive ends whether it's through the transfer portal or with Denied Dennis Sutton. And I always... Uh, overlook um the and 
I'm embarrassed right now. I forget his name. Uh, the other four-star defensive end that come in, that comes in with the nine Dennis Sutton. So they're getting the players. Was there a slump? Yes. And this is kind of the thing of if you pay attention to recruiting, you can kind of see the hills and valleys coming. The question is, can you prevent those in the transfer portal? So where I'm looking at is obviously offensive tackle in the future, but they've got Javen Williams who I think can play offensive tackle. Um, and then at defensive tackle, are you bringing in guys that can fill that gap and take you to the next level? We'll see if they can do that in the class of 23. That's the opportunity this year in that class. Were you referencing Ken Talley? Yes, thank you. Yeah, I wanted to say Keon Wiley, but he's the defensive end that played linebacker, not the linebacker that's playing defensive end. It's very confusing in that class. Exactly. All right, T. Frank, we need a winner. Uh, well, we talked about Matt's question for half the segment, so it's got to be Matt from State College. Congratulations, Matt. You're our winner. We'll be getting in touch with you. If you want to be a winner like Matt, make sure you send in your questions to Ask T. Frank. For now, stick around. Quarter number four is coming up. We're going to talk more recruiting. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. <laughs> 